to um, come back on these uh, three questions um, to see if they could uh, guide our practice uh, today, if it's relevant to you, if it uh, seems useful. It's tricky because um, the use of questions in uh, practice, uh, yeah, it's tricky because it could, what it's meant to do is uh, a question that we ask as we practice is meant to lead to silence, to being attentive. So it's mindfulness or you could even almost say it's silence that answers the question that is asked. Uh, But the the kind of danger uh, is that the question leads to discursive thinking. Uh, So, yeah, that what is happening maybe is a simple question, but... um, the second question can be very tricky there. You know, what's my relationship with this? How am I relating to this? Or how, uh, how is the mind relating to this? You know, it could open the door to a lot of, yeah, how am I relating to this? And, then, uh, and the invitation for these questions is, yeah, to, to let the answer be felt, be experienced. like this uh, framing uh, in the Buddhist uh, teaching of the different way understanding uh, occur. And see if you recognize this, if it's been true for you in your life, or uh, that sometimes understanding comes through information. No? You hear somebody say something, or you read something, you get an information, and suddenly you understand, oh, this is what that means. Have you experienced this in the past? You know, that's a very common experience for understanding. It comes through an information we get. Oh, okay, I get it now. You tell me. You know, um, there's another way that understanding happens. It's through thinking about something. So it's using ideas, concept, memories, associations of mind. So I'm thinking about something. What does that mean in my life? You know, they keep talking about impermanence here. What does it mean? For, has that been true in my life? Yeah, it's true. I was young. Now I'm old. I was hydrated. Now I'm dry. <laughs> my skin is starting to crack, uh, etc. You know, we can think about it and bring understanding, understanding through thinking. And then there's yet another way that understanding can happen. It's through what we call meditation, direct experience. So it's not thinking about, 
it's experiencing something like the disappearance of a thought. You know, like uh, I have an amazing idea, you know, or I hear something. Uh, oh, that's great. I'm going to keep that idea, that quote or that, you know. And then 10 minutes later, I was like, wow, that was so great. What was that again? <laughs> you know, and, and, and we experience it. Wow, it's gone. It's experiential. We experience it. Or we experience it maybe in the dining hall, the disappearance of a taste. Wow, this, this taste is so good. And, wow, gone, gone. Or the retreat at some point. Wow, gone, gone. It says in the teachings that to experience something mindfully is definitely the deepest kind of... Uh, Understanding can, can come from that, what we call insight, vipassana, deep understanding uh, uh, through direct, high quality uh, experiencing the stuff, the things. And so the questions are not meant to be answered by reflection, thinking about, but by experiencing. So in the question, what's happening now? It's not so much what I'll answer with words, but what I'll experience. So what is happening now? I'll put words now because I have the microphone and it's the way to communicate. But if I ask the question, what's happening now? So for me now, when I ask this question, what comes to the foreground is the sensations in the folded legs. I don't have to say this, but just have a direct experience of it. or experiencing the breath, or the contentment or discontent. If it's more like an attitude or mind state. And then what's the relationship to it? It's by staying with it, I'll notice, don't want it, or knowing it, simply knowing it. So, what's happening? Sitting. What's the relationship to it? Or how is it known? Simply. Or uh, without awareness, without mindfulness. With the desire to get more, to re- get rid of. We're going to feel this, feel, feel into it. It takes time. And then the third question, what happened after, or what is the, it's the invitation to stay awake, stay aware, to see how something will transform. Either the thing will disappear, the sound will vanish, the sensation will disappear, or maybe the interest for it will wane and something else will appear. So kind of, maybe I don't know if an example, a kind of a model could be useful. Um, 
you know, the kind of things that would be described to the teacher with these three questions. I don't know if that's useful. Let's try it. We'll discover if it was useful or not. But So let's say a, a practitioner would take a little snippet. That's where I learned that word. Around that situation. <laughs> a little, little bite. A little snippet of a practice. It could be a moment of sitting or walking. Sometimes there was even a suggestion, uh, you know, you could take a moment of your forward edge, something that you found was really good practice, you know, or a moment of your, you know, worst case scenario, (laughs) or something that happens often in practice. So, So let's take a moment of practice. That's in the description when I meet the teacher. So there was sitting... There was breathing, the awareness of expansion, the awareness of uh, contraction of the belly, uh, maybe noting, rising, falling, uh, an awareness of the expansion. Then there was a curiosity, expansion of what? And as the belly was rising and falling, it seems like it was, what was expanding and contracting was I would say something like slight, very slight pain. It was a very slight pain that was expanding, contracting, or maybe Yeah, slight uncomfortable sensation of expansion, contraction. And then thoughts came in about the end of the retreat and integration. And these thoughts were not noticed. They were what was the relationship? There was they were not known with mindfulness. There was uh, the mind was uh, you know hooked. And then uh, after maybe a minute or so, suddenly there was a noticing that thinking was happening. Then returning to uh, the belly, rising and falling, and an awareness of uh, hair, slight pushing pressure in the chest area, freshness as the air came in. Then the noticing of a calm that could also be called uh, very very slight agitation, like a low-grade agitation, low-grade calm, (laughs) something like this. And then maybe joy arose. It was known in the body. Something like this. So 
what was known, how was it known, and what eventually happened. Thoughts came in, the mood amplified, the sensation became unbearable, the mind got reactive, or the bell rang. Often it ends like this. So maybe we can play with this a little bit. If it resonates, and so uh, what is known here, what is invited to be experienced, what is. Uh, is uh, what's happening at the physical, material level, or at the sense doors, what we call the body. What the attention can uh, land on, rests on. Maybe there's an awareness of body sitting. It's a very general, wide awareness of just body on earth or body in space. Awareness of body, breathing. Maybe specifically at the belly, it might show up like this, manifest mainly like this, belly rising, and falling. Or in a different way. The awareness of chest expanding and contracting. Can be general or specific the whole body breathing or an area where it's felt mostly. And then discovering the presence or absence of interest, curiosity. Maybe the attention is well established, or it would be very natural that it would be more like intermittent, 
or maybe one discovers that the mind is caught in a story. Maybe becoming aware of this, there can be some tenderness. Oh, disqualifying thoughts. Or calm or agitation. We discover the state of mind of the meditator. Sometimes the mind is very busy, sometimes not. We discover what's happening in the mind or heart, and we see if it can be met with. Uh, curiosity or acceptance or if there is a pushing away a getting caught in And at some point, something changes, something vanishes or appears, something else is known, a sound comes in, wakes up the mind that was caught in habitual thinking. scattered mind becomes gathered, stays. Relaxes. See if it's possible to track your experience without forcing, without abandoning.
Sometimes it's uh, possible to relate to what is happening in body or mind with uh, friendliness. Sometimes it's possible or appropriate or skillful to relate to what's happening with courage, sometimes with compassion or tenderness. Yeah, sometimes with patience or calm, composure, balance of mind. Sometimes we can invite these. The mind has some pliability. We can invite these forces or qualities. Sometimes they show up, sometimes not, not available. We can notice this.
sometimes a wave of frustration or a wave of calm. Can it be known simply, directly in the body, this wave of frustration, a wave of calm or whatever else? Can it be known in the body? Can it be experienced lucidly in the mind that ambiance or tonality texture of impatience or tenderness. Sometimes the heart is contracted, sometimes light or vast. The heart mind. Can this be known, whatever the texture is? seeing how it will transform.
Maybe I'll make uh, the uh, one announcement we have in mind now. Um, so today, uh, I think you might have seen that the schedule is changing a bit. It's a full day of practice, the last one. Maybe you're thinking, yeah, exactly the last one. <laughs> Never going to do this again. <laughs> but this is a passing thought. It might be true, it might not. Uh, no, it's a full day of practice, so that's already a kind of a blessing, especially that this full day of practice is following other full days of practice. It's not, it makes it very meaningful because it's very rare that we sit another f- a fourth full day, uh, and we, ex- yeah, we don't know if it's ever going to happen again. Uh, And so it's very, very precious. But it also means that um, uh, the talk tonight uh, will not be at 4 o'clock, but at 6.45. And at 4 o'clock, we want everybody to gather because we're going to talk about the ending of the retreat, the technical things, but also about the dana, which is uh, such uh, an important aspect of what is happening here in this relationship. So uh, very formidable formidable and strange thing and so it's good to gather and reflect on this together so please I'll come at four and uh, it means that the the, the group for uh, the BIPOC uh, uh, group a sitting group uh, at 645 for those who are interested cannot happen at that time so it will happen instead at two o'clock in uh, M200 above and uh, and at that time will also happen in the welcome room the group for those who are uh, self-identify and are interested in uh, being in a support uh, group for um, people with uh, illness, disability, chronic pain, chronic illness Uh, and at three there will be the LGBTQ I uh, group in these groups today there are half hour groups if you want you could uh, take 20 minutes to sit uh, together in silence and if somebody uh, can do this maybe ring the bell after 20 minutes and keep a little 10 minutes to just go around for everyone to maybe say a few words about how it is to be here now or in this group, or how it was to be in this group. Uh, uh, Yeah, small little sharing, so everybody can say a few words. Um, That's it, huh, in terms of announcement? Mm. Okay, maybe questions about practice, or... Yes, please. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's a strange way to go about things, like learning how to report <laughs> to me, taught me how to practice. And, uh, 
And so the questions are in the past tense. Huh? What, was no, what was happening? How was it known? What happened after? And so what can we do with this? Well, for me, it's what's happening now. You know? How is it met? You know? Is it met mindfully or with reactivity? So I think of the five hindrances, for example. How is this, how is this experience that uh, maybe discomfort in the legs? You know? Is it met with equanimity? No judgments, huh? Is it met with equanimity, with curiosity, maybe? With care, tenderness, with uh, mindfulness? Or is it met with fear, which would be very natural, with uh, um, a lot of thinking, anticipating, if it gets worse, what am I going to do? You know? And uh, I keep tracking this, and at some point I'll see that something will happen, you know, what eventually happened, what happened after, is at some point, you know, uh, I got all worked up and, and <laughs> got completely lost and, you know, wanted, suddenly there was the desire to go back home and, you know, it got into a hindrance attack, you know. Uh, or, you know, at some point uh, the bell rang, uh, I unfolded the legs, the pain disappeared, and the mind lost the fear, you know, and uh, got balanced again, you know. So that might be the best I can do. And could you, um, back to your sort of concern about getting too cognitive in this process, um, do you suggest that this is something that can also be useful to say, oh, I had an experience, what was it, how did I meet it? You mean while I'm doing it? No, no, I'm just saying like if you had something happen to you on the retreat, would you use this technique to kind of go back, kind of like you were when you were using it? To report. To report, right. Would you do a little self-reporting or is that getting the risk of too much? No, I would just go to the next thing that is present here now, you know. But I have to say it was interesting at the one when in one era, maybe 20 years ago, a lot of the practitioners had the little pocket like this with a little notebook. And, you know, they would sit. And when the bell rang, everybody took their notes. <laughs> and they wanted to, you know, track down, like write down the, the, the order of what happened, you know, so they, because maybe the reporting would be just in a few hours and they wanted to be. And so people would go to report and they would. And they was like, so I was sitting, I was aware of my breath. <laughs> So they need, you know, to, to kind of like archive or document. Uh, but now we don't see all these little notepads anymore. They're, they're, not, they're not important. But now, after, you know, like the bell rings and then there's another present moment. There's another something happening, you know. Standing is happening. So is standing at the end of a meditation or this one, standing will be happening at some point. Will it, how, will it, how will you relate to it? Will it be done habitually, mindlessly, or with presence? You know, that would be the basic kind of thing uh, to be aware of. And then uh, maybe it would be done with, uh, you know, with uh, an equanimous mind. Or and what would be felt? Would you know? Would it be felt in the lower part of the body or the whole body standing? Or you know? Uh, so you just—it's a way to track experience. And if it's not useful, if it's confusing, please ditch it. It's really important because if it 
put your mind in nuts, you know, it's clearly not useful right now, you know. It might be at another time. There's so many ways to practice. I think it's also a way for me to try at least to explain what practice is, you know. Practice is, you know, practice is a tracking of experience and how we're relating to it. Yes? Yeah, yeah, that's a the kind of a big question that often comes is like, so if we're just observing, then we shouldn't do anything about anything, you know, but just observe. Huh? Like, and it's a kind of a middle path for me. And Tara, you're really welcome in, the, in this conversation. Maybe you're like, no, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not going there. But anyway, if there's anything you want to say that uh, would be of help in any of this, you're absolute, I'd, I'd love to hear your views. But... Um, Yes, so, you know, to me, there's, there's very often this invitation to be mind. I mean, we're inviting, that's what we're doing, teacher. We're, we're saying, like, hey, could we, could, can this be known? Can this be known uh, with curiosity? You know, we're, there is a path. You know, there is something that we're playing with. We don't want to force it, but we, we try to, as much as the mind has some flexibility, we try to go in a certain direction, you know. So... My, discovering that the mind is aversive to uh, to um, uh, pain, you know, we try to bring curiosity instead of like, uh, and it's very natural. I think Tara I was hearing you say that there's a kind of a was it a device? You said something inside that is looking for well-being, that is looking for. So if I notice I'm all tense, you know, I'm like, oh, I'm mindful. I should stay tense. You know, it's like, no, something, notice I'm tense, you know, like maybe I'll be able to relax, but sometimes not. I notice I'm tense and it stays tense, you know, but it's totally okay to actually relax a bit if it's available, you know, in the same way that I notice like, I hate this pain, I hate this pain. Pascal, is it possible to get curious about it? No. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) You know, but sometimes like, is it possible to get curious about it? Okay, two seconds. I can give this to you, you know. And then we come closer and, you know, and then the relationship changes instead of fearing, anticipating. I start to come closer to maybe develop acceptance, curiosity around it. And so, uh, yeah, there's, there's definitely a reorienting to me that I'm thankful for in the practice. Being conscious means I can become aware of my attitude or my intention so if I notice in a conversation that I'm trying to do something, control the other, it's like, oh, I'm trying to control. Let's continue. You know? It's like, now I'm aware of it. I can reorient. Like, hey, let's listen a bit here. You know? And sometimes I can, sometimes I cannot. You know? Because the thing inside is too strong. Do you see what I mean? So, yeah, it's okay to... That's the, the, the work is to abandon what is unwholesome and cultivate what is wholesome. And sometimes there is a kind of a choice we can orient, tend towards. Sometimes not, you know. That's why I sit here and sometimes I'll, 
notice maybe a little harshness, habitual, low-grade, background kind of harshness. Like, come on. There's not even thoughts, you know. It's just like a, you know. And it's like, is it possible here to have some friendliness, you know? And sometimes, oops, it opens up just a little bit so that it becomes comfortable and more possible. Sometimes, is it possible? No, it's not, you know, like it believes that it, you know. And so, okay, let's keep going with this being aware of it. Is that any helpful? Yes. You've related this three-part inquiry uh, to Anicca a fair bit, which makes all kinds of sense. I wondered if you could also expand it in relation to Anatta, which may seem obvious also, but I'm curious in terms of your experience those years ago at Forest Refuge, and maybe now as well, um, it's for both of you, uh, how how do you relate this particular inquiry um, to expanding an understanding of anatta? Yeah. So the question is about, uh, you know, using these, maybe this framework or these three questions, uh, and the last one being really about the impermanent nature of things, so the invitation to notice. That's why the teacher is asking what happened eventually. Because sometimes we're like, oh my God, it was so bad, it was so bad, like I was in a mess, you know. And what happened eventually, <laughs> you know, while well, it finished? Ah, okay. <laughs> you might not, you know, it was great, it was great. Yeah, it was great, okay, it was great. What happened eventually? Well, it vanished. Ah, okay. <laughs> so this, this third question is really to highlight uh, for the practitioner the, the uh, changing nature of experience. And your question is, could that framework or these three questions or uh, highlight the not-so-personal nature of experience? So I would say, you know, the anicca, this, uh, this impermanence, is really the big entryway for many of us into these characteristics of not-personal, not-perfect, not-permanent. The not-permanent is often the most palpable, available thing, first thing we can discover about things. The anatta, not-personal, might be the last for many of us, but it might not be, but usually it's the most uh, kind of counterintuitive and a more subtle point maybe or aspect of it. Through these three questions, yeah, it might appear, but you know, the use of question in practice is something that, you know, it's definitely a, an approach, you know, asking a question that leads to being aware. All, to me, all I think, I'll put it like this today, maybe I'll, things being impermanent, I might change my mind in 20 minutes. But I think that these inquiries about not personal, it needs a stability of mind, you know. Um, because if I'm caught in, I'm here, I'm going there, will I get this? I'm, I'm in that realm of I, eyeing. I need to create some s- stability of mind, calm, tranquility, so that uh, I can do that exploration at the level of perceptions, not just how I'm relating in terms of attitudes and mind state, but going deeper, more subtle at the level of perception. And, but the use of questions can be really useful here. So if the mind is very stable, 
You know, and there's just the sitting or just the walking or just the tasting. And one classic question I think would be, who's tasting? Who's stepping? Who's breathing? Or who's aware? Who's knowing? And of course, if the mind is a little agitated, it'll get very discursive. But it's me, what do you mean? Who's, <laughs> you know, that's superficial answer. But if there is quietness, you know, who's hearing? Is a really interesting question where you could maybe find no answer possible. You know, there's just hearing. You know, if the mind is a little, yeah, more superficial, or there might be a real clear sense, like who's stepping? There's a real sense that there's an eye stepping, or that there's an eye breathing or aware of the breath. And then there's nothing to do with it. It's not like we, oh, we've got to get rid of the eye, you know? Like what we do in, in mindfulness is we're just aware of how things are and appear, you know? So if I'm sitting here, who's sitting? And there's a clear, it's not so much a, a thought like me, but a sense, like a, do you, do you see what I mean? Like a, a it's, it appears like this, that there's, there's a, there's a, there's an eye that is sitting or breathing or hearing or meditating, you know. Just be aware of this. So that's still Kamala's, you know, like just enough for what, uh, uh, energy to connect with. Oh yeah, this sense of I. Let's, let's track this. This sense of I, I'm standing, I'm moving, you know. And one thing that happens uh, around this is... Uh, Sometimes it's the eye appearing that reveals that it wasn't there. And so a classical example is somebody sitting. And that's what we hear in reports sometimes. The classic one is, so Pascal, there was, there was just sitting. There was no awareness of anatta or atta or you know, self or not self. It was not the realm. It was just breathing, awareness of breathing, sitting. Suddenly there was a cold wind that came and the and then the desire to put on the shawl appeared you know and there was the kind of grabbing the shawl or the and the, the person would say wow it was amazing suddenly there was a i want to put the shawl but the moment before there was no i there was just sitting breathing and then there was a, a you know a conditionality that happened cold wind disagreeable uh, desire arose. I want my shawl, and and uh, and 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 then it appears like this, or maybe in walking, for example, I've I've experienced this. I've heard this many times. Somebody will report. I was doing the walking. There was not big sense of eye or anything. It was just like walking, walking, stopping, turning, and as I turn, I saw somebody coming, and then I was like, oh, how do I look? Do you see this? The congealing, is that the, 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 the verb? Like the forming of an eye. Before there was just walking, walking, and then somebody, how do I look? Do I, am I doing it right? You know, The eye formed, and the person's like, I saw it being born. You know, Not I saw it disappear, I saw it come in. You know. Anyway, so maybe I'm saying here that the stability of mind will reveal the comings and going of the eye, the identification, and it could be done through a question. 
but it has to be at the right time because the question who's meditating, who's hearing, could lead to a lot of papancha, a lot of proliferation in the mind, you know, uh, and then it's not useful. Okay? Good. Okay. All right, so let's see if that can be of any use uh, this morning or ditch it, you know. Maybe something else still resonates uh, in you or is alive in you that is worthy of uh, great care. Okay, thank you. Have a good morning of practice. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.